Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. Today's episode, we're going to be diving into some insights from one of my wedding pro friends that's going to give you some info that you absolutely need to know. Take a listen. I am honestly so excited to introduce you to Jessica Bishop. She has been running thebudgetsavvybride.com for over 10 years, and she is really one of the leaders in the budget wedding space. Her budget wedding wisdom and creative ideas to save have been featured on GMA, Brides, Cosmo, Glamour, Refinery29, Bustle, and more. Her book is the number one bestseller on budget weddings on Amazon with thousands of copies sold. Jessica is truly a leader in this space, and she has so much wisdom to guide couples towards planning a wedding in a more budget-friendly way. Now, no matter how big or small your wedding is, integrating some of her tips and tricks can help you save in the aspects of your wedding that are lower priority for you. So sit back and get ready to learn from Jessica. Jessica, I'm so glad you're here today. It is such an honor to have someone who is such a figurehead really in this budget wedding space here with us to talk today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. And I think this event has already been so amazing. And I can't wait to hear what everyone else has to share. So thank you. Um, your blog and your book, I mean, they're just staple resources for a couple working on a budget. Um, and there's so much content. I mean, you've been doing this for a decade. So what would your top kind of key little tips pulled from this, you know, decade of research and, and information be for, for couples? <laughs> You're like asking me to choose between my children or something like, <laughs> between, between the blog and the book. Um, I think, you know, honestly, since publishing the book last year, the thing that I've gotten like the most consistent feedback about uh, has been, you know, the chapter that's all about really defining your priorities and your goals together as a couple and using that as like your guiding light along the way while you're planning. I think um, it's easy to get really swept up in all of the details, but if you take the time to really get clear on what the two of you want, not just for your wedding day, but also for your lives together, it can be a really, really helpful kind of like mantra to like rely back on along the way as you're making your decisions regarding your wedding. Oh, yes, absolutely. I think having the priorities really nailed down and early on in, in that priority setting phase, nailing down your budget too and really knowing why you're sticking to that budget and, and that ties into those long-term goals because if you're planning on buying a house in a year, you don't want a big pile of debt sitting there. So all that ties together. I think what's also awesome about what you're doing is you point out so many resources that are kind of off the traditional wedding planning path. Um, why do you do that? Why do you think that's important for folks? Um, well, I think that, you know, when you go through the planning process and you're looking at traditional wedding suppliers or venues or things like that, you're um, basically, you know, looking at the convenience aspect of it because these are professionals, they have services and amenities that are included, but there's a really great way to save by kind of looking at more off, 
off beat, off the beaten path, um, you know, alternatives to venues and services. And I know you've, you've chatted with a lot of people here for the expo that have, you know, those sort of services that are a little less traditional, but can really save couples money. And I think anytime you kind of seek something outside of the norm, you're going to find a cost saving. Definitely. And um, with that in mind, are there some maybe critical steps that you think couples should keep in mind that help them stay within that budget as they move through that process? Obviously, keep that guiding light, but how do they keep like refocusing on that when, you know, those napkin rings seem super important and things like that? Yeah, I think uh, today, like, obviously, there's so much external pressure, right, from, you know, following, you know, accounts on Instagram and seeing all these beautiful wedding things, you can easily fall down like a rabbit hole of thinking you need all of these things. Um, but again, like we said, you know, setting those priorities early and thinking about, um, you know, how your spending choices impact not just what you've budgeted for your wedding, but also what could impact what your plans are in the future is really, really important. And um, I think that you know, getting really clear on what that budget is for your wedding day is is a really critical step. Um, whether you're paying for it yourselves or getting input, uh, financial donations from loved ones, family members, um, or if you're saving up money along the way, you know, of course, there might be something that pops up that you're like, oh, I really want to splurge on this. Um, and in those cases, maybe you go out and get like a side hustle and like earn a little bit more to make that happen. But it's all about, you know, you and your partner being on the same page and working together towards that like shared goal, I think. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I think, um, with the priorities in mind, just really reflecting if your top priority is to just have this rage and party with your family and just have so much fun, like reflecting on those napkin rings and going, is this really going to make people have more fun? Like this key priority, does this matter or not so much? And if it's on that side, maybe go, well, they're beautiful, but can I find an alternative that's similar and fills this spot and kind of gives that aesthetic, but maybe is a quarter of the price, you know, or I found it pre-owned or whatever you can do. If you thought for one second that I was going to start a brand new podcast and not bring over Generation Tux to join me, you are sorely mistaken. But you guys, there's a reason that I keep talking about them. There's a reason that I'm so obsessed with them. And one of them is all of the free offerings to you as the wedding couple. Number one, free swatches. If you want to do color comparison or compare it to any dresses or linens or florals, they will send you free swatches. Number two, a free home try-on for the wedding couple with free round-trip shipping. All of that's free. <laughs> Number three, with five paid rentals, the groom gets his suit rental for free. Number four, with seven paid rentals, the groom gets his rental for free and then gets to keep the suit. You guys, if I have not convinced you to check out Generation Tux at this point, I don't I don't know who will. Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash suits to claim your free prize today. Generation Tux cannot be stopped, y'all. Yet again, they are offering you $20 off of your suit rental using code WOLFERFALL. Now, the offer is good only for the groom or the wedding couple only and cannot be combined with any other offers. But from September 23rd through December 23rd of 2023 use code wolferfall to get $20 off your suit rental now i know another thing that your blog has just immense value for is the real wedding section i refer people to this all the time because it is just this amazing database of all these examples of weddings that 
stick to different price points in different areas of the country. So how can couples utilize that as something when they're planning to, to stay on track? Yeah, I think it's, it's really by far one of the most popular features of the website because especially if you're working with a smaller budget, um, anything you can find on the site from $1,000 weddings where it's more of like an elopement all the way up to, you know, 20, we have a few like $25,000 weddings. And as time has gone on, we've been publishing uh, the blog for 10 years now, obviously with inflation and price increases, you know, things things change over time. So we're getting people asking for the, the higher end budgets to see how other couples broke it down and what they focused their budget on and where they spent more versus where they saved. And I think just overall, if you have, you know, your budget figure in mind, you can go on the blog and you can select your budget, uh, whether it's 10,000 or 15,000, whatever it might be. And you can browse real weddings that couples submitted where they share what they spent on each aspect of their wedding day. Some are a little bit more thorough than others, but Either way, like it's so, so helpful, I think, to see what is possible, what can be done, how other people did it, and the creative ways that they found to save money. Um, you know, obviously, like that's how the blog got started was I was sharing my own, um, you know, cost-saving tips and tricks that I picked up along the way and giving other couples a, a platform to kind of like share that. I think they have like budget savvy pride like I did like who's not proud that they were able to score like a great deal on something or um, you know make something happen on a budget that they had to work with so I think it's really amazing we love we love featuring uh, couples real weddings because it's so helpful to others who are currently planning. Absolutely. I'm right there on that same page where when I had my wedding, I wanted to like show it off to everybody and be like, look at this amazing thing I did for such a great deal. And um, I'm all about that. And I think that a big part of why this resource is so powerful is seeing the venues because I feel like that's a sticking point. Couples come to me and they're like, I can't find a venue for my whole budget, let alone plan my whole wedding. And I'm like, yes, you can. You need to look a little more off the normal path um, and how can how can your blog help folks with that I know you have some new developments maybe even coming that are gonna help even more yeah it's something that I hear more and more these days because obviously everyone's so busy and really taking the time to do the research and find those kind of off the beaten path venues takes a little legwork and a little uh, research you might not even find them online and so it's something that I'm personally um, passionate about finding a solution to serve more couples and help them find these venues because they're amazing and affordable and a lot of them are really easy to customize and make your own because they tend to be kind of like raw spaces where you can just bring in everything you need to make it yours and so um, you know when you browse the weddings on our site you can see examples of venues where people have gotten married I mean we featured everything from you know like firehouses, um, VFW halls, you know, like veteran veterans halls, uh, you know, public gardens and parks, uh, libraries even. I mean, there are so many kind of unique and different venues that maybe aren't like what you would consider a wedding venue, but especially as it relates to like your personal interests as a couple, like if you can find you know, a venue that kind of speaks to your story, like it's a unique detail that gets added to your day as well. And um, so what we really want to do is try to find as many of these venues as possible and share them in a place uh, so couples can find them more easily. 
um, and, and get them some more uh, events booked at their places as well. So. Absolutely. I think that, um, as we've discussed before, the ease of choosing one of the big kind of like box venues where it's just a preset sort of thing. They have the caterer built in. They maybe even have the cake and the florist and everything there. Super convenient. And if you can afford that, that's great. And it may kind of reduce some of the stress for you because you're not having to source those things. But you certainly do pay a premium for that because everything that's that's being run through that package is probably a little bit more inflated in price than if you sourced it individually. And I feel like a lot of folks in the wedding industry, especially some planners and some of the bigger, uh, bigger blogs and resources out there, kind of scare couples out of trying to put a wedding together without using these big venues and are like, oh, you're gonna have to rent the chairs. And it's like, it's okay, guys, you can find Absolutely. the chairs. Here's the deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And I've even had couples who, they're like, okay, well, we found this really awesome venue, but it didn't have any of those things. And we went to our church and asked, and they let us just borrow it for free or, you know, pay a donation of a hundred bucks. And we came and we loaded it all up with our friends and we moved it. And yes, that is work. That is time. But comparing that to the rental fees and the delivery fees and all that. I mean, there are creative approaches. Are there anything you recommend for that for kind of like the DIY backyard wedding sort of vibe if they're picking a venue that doesn't have the, the foundation there, all the basic amenities? Yeah, I think reaching out to people who you can borrow things from is huge. Um, I, I always say like bed, borrow, or steal, but not really steal. Um, uh, so, I mean, when I planned my wedding, I definitely went and you know, visited my parents' church and we were able to get tables that we used for like the buffet and the cake table and things like that. And even just having a few supplemental tables that we didn't pay rentals fees for saved us like a mm -hmm. significant amount. Um, so things like that are good to keep in mind. And then of course, you know, when you're, when you're looking for like a raw space venue, you are going to have to bring in a lot of these, you know, things that make a wedding a wedding. And so you're going to want to be mindful of things like the kitchen situation. Like if there's room for like a caterer to come in and prepare food on site, or if they need to bring it fully prepared to serve, you know, things like that are important to keep in mind. But I think that, you know, one of the benefits of, of having like a raw space like that is you really get to personalize it and make it like exactly, you know, what you want. And mm -hmm can choose to to save money in the areas that maybe aren't as important to you and um and I think that's really powerful definitely and I think from my experience coordinating and being on site at a lot of weddings is many of these couples are opting for things like um a food truck or a caterer that is going to set up a outdoor kitchen anyway. So there may be the facility on site, but for the caterer, it's actually easier to just kind of use their standard setup and they do it the same everywhere they go instead of using a new space and having to become familiar with it. So mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not necessary to have certain aspects there. It seems like it would be necessary, but it isn't really and i've even found some venues it's more complicated to use their kitchen because there's like a million rules about exactly how everything needs to be cleaned and put back and like if you put one cut back with it twisted the wrong way they're gonna fine you you know like it's gonna look kind of a little scary with those fees so um and i guess talking about fees what are some things you recommend for couples to consider before actually committing and signing their venue contract 
Yeah, I think um, going thoroughly through all of your contracts is super important, especially when it comes to like those additional hidden fees, um, whether it's, you know, cleanup after the event is over or if you end up needing a little extra time to clean up at the end of the night and go over your allotted, you know, rental time, uh, there could be added fees. So definitely those are things to watch out for in the contract. And you should definitely ask those sorts of questions, you know, when you're meeting with your venues, um, things like, you know, policies on alcohol, like, do they allow you to bring in your own alcohol, which is a huge money saver. If you can find a venue that gives you like the power to BYOB, you have more control over the cost per bottle, which can save you exponentially. Like I served two buck chuck at my wedding. It was very, very cheap <laughs> and affordable. And compared with the catering companies that I had uh, gotten quotes from who wanted $40 per bottle for a bottle of wine, it's just like 90% savings. So that's like a really, really great thing to, to look out for. So if you can find a venue that will allow you to provide your own alcohol, that's great. But then there's also things to consider like liability insurance. Do they require it? Do they have it included in their venue fee? Um, do they have any recommendations, you know, for that? Or do they have, um, you know, do they require that all of your vendors also have their own insurance policies? Those are important things to look out for. And then of course, you know, the traditional like details, like the capacity, you know, like rental fee, like if there's food prep area for the caterers, you know, what, what the deposit system is, when your final payments are due, th those sorts of logistical questions are obviously super important. But um, especially when you're working with like a raw space venue, like thinking about like, do they have any people on staff? Do they offer any like on-site coordinators to help with, you know, coordinating coordinating when like the rentals get delivered on the day of and things like that. Um, are you expected to do all the setup and tear down? You know, all, all these sorts of things are super important. And, and also making sure that there's adequate, you know, electricity, like outlets, if you need, you know, somewhere to plug in your PA system for your DIY DJ um, playlist, or, uh, you know, if you purchase lighting uh, packages, like there's appropriate places to be able to plug all of that in. Um, you know, if they have an included sound system, like all super important things to think about when you're looking at kind of like a raw venue space in particular. And then, you know, if you're, if you're outdoors, is there a rain plan back up? I, I tried to use the uh, power of positive thinking. Um, <laughs> I kind of yeah. did that with my wedding and we barely, barely avoided like a torrential downpour. It was a miracle. Yeah. Like, would not be what I'd recommend to people now. No. no. I'm like, I should have had a clearer plan. We were going to just back up, like, get married on the dance floor had things gone wrong, which would have been a little weird, but it would have been fine. <laughs> kind of had to do that, actually. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's always good to make sure that there's, like, an appropriate, acceptable plan for you um, if, if the weather is inclement on your day. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of questions. And actually, uh, like, I have a whole PDF with list of questions that I can share as well. Oh, awesome. That would be so helpful. With, with those questions in mind, I know some couples get that initial contract or the details from a venue and they think, okay, this is it. It's a yes or no question. Do I go forward or do I not? And I feel like a lot of them overlook the step of negotiating or at least trying to negotiate. And um, I always encourage couples to go in with more of a time frame, like wider window to pick their wedding date. Um, before nailing down that date, you really want to 
see what you can get from the venue because moving your wedding even a weekend earlier or later or you know just adjusting it maybe to a Friday instead of a Saturday may make it where the venue is willing to give a lot more flexibility um, because they're just a little less likely to fill that spot. Um, have you found that to be true with the couples you're working with? Yeah, definitely. I think being strategic in your choice of wedding day is a great way to save money across the board, whether it's, you know, having a Friday or a Sunday wedding or even like a midweek wedding. Like if, you know, you think your guests can make that happen and, um, you know, obviously there are peak and off peak seasons depending on the area in which you live. So being flexible when going in um, with your date, I think is a great idea. And, you know, if you're, if you're not set on a very specific date for a sentimental reason like why not be flexible and try to save yourself some money where that's concerned absolutely i think that's um an easy place to give a little room and obviously some folks do want to keep like their original dating anniversary but you guys it's okay then you just have two dates to celebrate and you can go out you know why not just play more days together go out on the date night (laughs) (laughs) exactly Sitting here listening to a podcast is all fine and dandy, right? But sometimes you need an actual person to be asking some of these questions to. And you may be sitting there going, you know what, Jamie? Actually, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I would love to be able to ask you these questions. Guess what? You need to join the master plan. You've heard me talk about it, but do you know why I love it so much? You get to ask me and my team questions about your wedding personally. From live monthly calls with me to weekly office hours, you have access to a professional help at every single turn. The support you get in this program is amazing. Plus, on top of that, you get over 10 lessons that walk you through planning your wedding with videos and spreadsheets and other detailed resources along the way. Join me and my virtual clients over in the master plan and get all your wedding planning questions answered. Literally thousands of couples have gone on this journey with me and I'd love for you to be next. Check it out at wolferandco.com slash TMP. That's wolferandco.com slash TMP. Do you have any other um, critical tactics that might help couples start their marriage financially fit as well as without a lot of overwhelm? I think the key is really all about the communication. It sounds so cliche, but like that, that step of sitting down and talking about what you want, not just for your wedding day, but for your life going into the future, what your shared goals and values are, the, the life that you want to live. Um, I think being really open and honest, obviously, about your financial situations, whether it's your credit score or your debt, if you have student loan debt or whatever it is, like having those conversations is so important because as we all know, money is a big source of stress in relationships. And the more open and honest you can be with each other, the better. Um, and, you know, it allows you to, to communicate about it and make a plan and tackle it together. It's going to bring you stronger Uh, together, you know, through that process. Absolutely, for sure. And then did you have any maybe financial resources or wedding resources? Obviously, your website and your book are a great place to start, but anything beyond that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that some of my favorite tools are like mint.com. Like I use it personally for my you know, personal spending budget, um, and just keeping track of where your money is going, whether it's in your personal life or in your wedding budget, like keeping track of everything you're spending along the way helps you to be mindful of what you're spending, know what you've spent and what you have left to spend. I think, um, tools like that are just like crucial in, you know, being on a, a good page financially. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you want to own your money and control your money, not let it control you. And I think when you at least have these tools, like Mint is great to really see where you're at. Um, it's a lot easier to be proactive. And um, as far as the wedding spending, I really recommend couples to continually check in because I feel like people tend to set that budget at the beginning and they're like, all right, that's how much I'm spending. And then they don't, they don't adjust. You guys have to keep balancing that budget because if you go book the venue and you went over by a couple hundred bucks, that, that couple hundred bucks has to come out of some other section of your spending. Um, and I feel like that's, that's kind of where things go wrong is people spend a little more and then they for, kind of forget about it. And they're just like, Oh, whatever. And then they check in at the end and they're like, Oh my gosh, I went a couple hundred dollars over on everything. And um, <laughs> that doesn't work out well for you financially. Do you find yeah. that that happens too? Or maybe? Yeah, I think it's budget? definitely, it's not enough just to set a budget from the beginning. You have to keep track of it and keep your, you know, tally updated along the way as you're going. Because as you said, if you do end up spending a little bit more on the venue here, a little bit more than you thought on your dress, that money does have to come from somewhere if you want to stick to the budget that you set. Luckily, like there is literally tons of different ways that you can save on every aspect of the day. It's about choosing the things that are most important to you, spending according to those values and priorities, and then finding ways to cut back in those other areas that aren't necessarily as important to you. Oh, I love that about you, how much you empower couples to to see that there are always options. And I feel like, again, big scare tactic in this industry is just like, no, there's no way you can do flowers at that price. Like I see people in the forums on, on Facebook groups and things like that, just like, oh no, you can't possibly do your, you know, cake for that price. It would be terrible. And it's like, no, it won't be terrible. No, no it won't. It absolutely won't. And I agree. You know, I, I tell this, I've told this story a few times, but uh, to share with you and whoever's watching, <laughs> Like I have a, a, I had a swarm of angry DJs descend upon my Facebook page for suggesting that if a couple could not afford a DJ, a professional DJ, that they could do their own playlist. And all these DJs came and they told me like that, you know, I was giving horrible advice and I was going to be ruining all these couples' weddings if they didn't hire a professional DJ for their wedding day. And I don't believe that. Like, I did not have a pro DJ on my wedding day, and it worked out just fine. And maybe I'm a little bit more laid back than the average person. I don't know. I don't think so. I still had a great time. And when I wanted to change the song, I could go change it if I wanted to. You know, I think it's all about what's important to you and what feels most authentic to you and your partner. And I, I agree that, like, we shouldn't let other people's expectations or, or thoughts about things influence what feels good to us financially and in terms of like planning a day that's like authentic to the two of you. Absolutely. I've seen that lately as well with the cake bakers. <laughs> there was a little bit of a hot button issue there with the idea of using sheet cakes in the back and a very well-known uh, bakery was saying, we don't, offer sheet cakes from a cheaper price than our main wedding cake, which in my opinion is insane because making yeah. a multi-tier wedding cake is far more work, you guys, than a sheet cake, even if it's the most delicious sheet cake you've ever had in your life. And yeah. uh, basically saying, you know, bloggers and experts who are advising people should not be telling them to do this technique. And I'm like, no, but it's okay. Like there are going to be people who want to pay for that premium 
eight tier wedding cake, like go for it, do it. If that's what you want and that's important to you, you got the money, enjoy that cake. But if you don't, there are ways to do it. And the key thing is your guests will not care if you have a single tier gorgeous cake from a formal bakery and in the back you just bought equally delicious cakes, but that are just plain rectangles that are cut up and they eat them. They don't know. They don't see the they don't see the shape when they're eating it. If they just taste it. No. <laughs> and I don't know if you have ever had Publix cake, but Publix grocery store cakes are delicious and they're very affordable. So <laughs> Yes, they're a great company, despite some of the heat that was involved in this whole thing. So you guys, um, it's just amazing. You should definitely check out Jessica's blog um, and her books. Where where can they find all this? I know probably they already know, but you know, thebudgetsavvybride.com, yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places. And then of course my book is called The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. It's typically on Amazon for under $10. So it's a really great tool. And it also has like worksheets that you can fill out and keep track of, you know, things along the way. So that's really helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you for doing what you do of just empowering couples to plan their wedding a way that works for them. I think that's so important and honestly kind of not the voice a lot of the big guys out there are, you know, using, they're not sharing this info. And so I really appreciate that about you, Jessica. Thank you so much. It's great to, to be a part of this. And I love that, you know, you're trying to get this message out to more couples because I think everyone could use a little dose of this like real talk. So for sure, it is definitely real talk. And no matter your budget, if you're spending a thousand or you're spending a hundred thousand, you want to maximize every dollar. So there are good tips for those low priority items for you at Jessica's blog. So check it out, you guys. And thank you so much. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. <laughs> and until next time, bye guys. Bye guys.